In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusik. And we are going to kick off this cold weather episode filled with talk of cold weather and skiing and snow with a fun little inspiration story. I had seen for years this igloo and I've been obsessed with making this igloo. And we finally have weather cold enough to have an igloo. I think I might be the only person in the history of the United States, I mean, maybe there's like 12 of us, who is genuinely excited for single digits or teens. You know, we're, we're still excited about teens and cold weather and winter. And my kids are really just so excited for this igloo to happen. I'm crossing my fingers because every time we get like halfway through it, it, the, it warms up and melts and doesn't actually happen. But this is one of those backyard adventures that's been on our adventure list for a long time. And I've just been waiting to do it. So this is the type of thing, though, that I always love hearing and seeing all of your adventure ideas. And if this is something that's hard for you, where you're in the middle of winter and you're struggling, I just wanted to announce that I did open up the Everyday Adventure Challenge. So it runs February 5th to April 5th. And it's just a really great way to connect with other adventurous families. There's a challenge a week that's delivered, and then we meet up a couple times throughout the 60-day challenge. So if that's of interest to you, head over to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash challenge. And we will fill your inbox. I don't mean it like that. But there will be tons of little adventure ideas that you can do with your family. And you get to connect with other adventurous families. So it's really fun. If you are on my email list, you may have heard this story. So I apologize if this is a repeat. Back in, oh, maybe November, my husband and I were trying to figure out a fun little ski weekend before the holidays. And we had been researching different places to ski and came across the Colorado Ski Pass, And there are actually quite a few states that offer ski passes to really engage younger kids in the sport of skiing for a really relatively low cost lift ticket prices. I actually have a link later in this episode to some different places and some resources for that. But what happened was in the planning process, as I was trying to figure out, Colorado has 21 different parks on the pass that we had purchased for my both fourth grader and sixth grader. And we were trying to figure out how do we decide where to go. I, there's so many mountains in Colorado and we were trying to find something that wasn't too touristy, that wasn't too expensive. We just wanted to have some good, genuine family ski time. And I was introduced to Ski Moms Fun. Our guest today is a ski mom based in Vermont and she is also the backbone to momtrends.com where she writes articles and ski guides clearly as a skilled skier, but also really passionate about the sport. She has two girls, ages 16 and 13, who ski race for Green Mountain Valley School in Vermont. She's also the admin for Ski Moms Fun Facebook group and the co-host of Ski Moms Fun podcast. 
being a ski mom who's had kids skiing all at the age of two and excited to be someone who skis long in my lifetime. It is so fun to come across other ski moms who are passionate about the sport. And so I'm so excited today to bring you Nicole Feliciano of Ski Moms Fun. Nicole, it is such an honor and a pleasure. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you so much for hosting me today. I'm very inspired by your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I have really enjoyed and benefited from your community. So I wanted to invite you on and just talk about your backstory as a ski mom. So as I mentioned in the introduction, you are kind of the founder, so to speak, behind the community Ski Moms Fun and the podcast. So tell me a little bit about when did skiing become a part of your identity? Skiing became part of my identity when I met my then boyfriend, now husband. It was a big part of his life. And I really just loved the way he embraced the outdoors. From living in New York City, he really made a practice to find ways to spend time hiking, cycling, skiing. And I was very attracted to that. But the skiing was not something I had gone a few times when I was a teenager and not loved it. But our first trip we took together was out to Montana to Bridger Bowl. And I got a full set of lessons. I invested in some good ski pants and a good ski jacket. And it did really fall into place there. And it was also just completely stunning. It was nothing like the little East Coast mountains that I had been to. So I got to understand sort of the vastness of the skiing experience and just the powerful connection to nature and the way some people feel when they see the ocean for the first time. I guess that's the way I felt when I saw the mountains on this particular trip. And from there, it really became part of our identity. We took a lot of ski trips together. I skied when I was pregnant with (laughs) my first daughter. I know it can be controversial. And then we just wanted the girls to have experiences on snow that were good. We took them out to Utah for their first skiing experiences. So they had fluffy snow and plenty of it and lots of cocoa and and fun breaks. And they both became really enamored with the sport. And now I have two ski racers, one Alpine racer, one Nordic racer. And we moved from New York to Vermont. And I guess as my family continued to fall in love with skiing, it just impacted the way I ran my business and the things that I was interested in. And that's really how Ski Moms flourished. That's awesome. There are so many things I'm going to pull apart here because I think the first thing that's so exciting for me to hear is that you didn't necessarily grow up around skiing. And that is something I see with a lot of moms is their exposure comes as adults. So you learned how to ski as an adult. Is that correct? Yes, I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, where lacrosse is definitely the state sport. I started playing lacrosse when I was five. I played on some boys' teams. I loved it. I played club lacrosse at Vanderbilt in college, and it was fantastic. So I was always athletic. I loved to run. So that part of it was not the issue, but it was being comfortable in the cold, being comfortable on you know a sliding surface versus grass. So that was really new for me. But I've always been a very curious person. I was a curious kid. I loved trying new sports. I loved trying new things. So that portion of it fits well. And I'm very glad that David did not try to teach me to ski. I would say that would be a little life hack for couples, get a lesson and then ski together. And even now, the majority of the time we don't ski together. We do occasionally, but my best ski days are with girlfriends or I do love a family day when all four of us, it's rare, but I love those. 
Yeah. I don't have the single mom opportunity to go out with the girls just yet. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. My kids are getting independent. And I would agree. My husband's a snowboarder. So for me, that was better because I didn't have to teach him anything. And he didn't even know how to ski. So it was good because he couldn't critique me or give me advice. And it just felt more welcoming when you have a stranger helping you along the way, as opposed to someone really close and intimate. Did you then teach your kids how to ski or did you also enroll them in lessons? We enrolled them in lessons. And again, I cannot say enough great things. Their both first experiences were at Ski Solitude in Utah. And it's a gem of a resort. It is on the Icon Pass, but it does not feel like a large-scale operation at all. And they had just this adorable daycare and they would take the kids out for just a brief period of sliding on snow. And then there were cookies and cocoa and they made it super fun And I think that just the comfort level of the instructors and the joy and enthusiasm they had with young children was pretty infectious. Yeah, we started something similar. So we're from the Midwest. So skiing conditions are not ideal. We don't even have mountains. You know, we work on these little hills. But I also laugh because those are the hills that made us skiers, right? So I still have to acknowledge and appreciate. And when we first started skiing, several of the mountains that we go to in the UP or Upper Peninsula of Michigan have daycares. And it was great because you could put them in skis, but then it was more just like playing in the snow and getting them comfortable in the snow. One of them had a bunny that they could play with. You know, it was just all these little exposure pieces because I think skiing is really only about half skill (laughs) and half like enjoying the cold (laughs) because it's not always delightful. I appreciate though, because I think sometimes having that fresh perspective and just the appreciation helps build the desire to ski. And being amongst peers is also tremendously helpful, not when they're super small, like two and three, but once they can make connections with a peer group, it's super successful in getting them launched as skiers. So the girls did start joining weekend programs on the East Coast in a program that was run on Saturdays and Sundays. And it was fantastic. We looked it up the other night. The vertical drop at Mohawk Mountain is 650 feet. So it's about lapping. It is not about a steep vertical, but they made amazing lifelong friends. And they really learned confidence and independence because the beauty of the small mountain, I'm sure it's the same way in Michigan, is that they can run free there. There's really not much trouble they're going to get into. There's sort of communal parenting. You know, if you saw a neighbor's child doing something sketchy on the lift, you would have zero problem with saying, hey, get the lift bar down and stop screwing around you too. And ski moms love that sense of community that smaller hills provide. Yeah. And I think I could see my kids from every slope on the lift. If they were (laughs) ahead of me or behind me, I knew kind of what was happening. That's amazing. I know that your kids ski now. So what ages are they at and how did they get into ski racing? They are now 16 and 14. It was a weekend program and it was a parent with one child that was my older daughter's age and an older daughter who was on the race team. And she said, oh, it's so fun. You'll love it. And my older daughter went to the trials and they said, you know, things to ski around. And she came down and she said, oh, whatever that was, just happened there. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And my husband and I gave a little bit of an eye roll thinking, what are we getting into? But it's been mostly fantastic. And it's really set the tone and the pace of our family time because skiing is something, even though your children may be the ones competing, it's not like hockey or soccer where you're sitting on the sidelines. When I go to races, I am skiing and I will stop and watch her for the blink of an eye that I get. 
actually get to see her racing, but I spend the day on skis. And I think it's very unusual for a sport where you're participating, not in the exact same way, but you're also participating. And my children both love the fact that it takes a lot of pressure off of them because I'm off doing my own thing and having fun on snow and they're doing their thing and they are invested in it and they want to do well, but it's not that pressure cooker that a lot of kids sports can be. I am so glad you mentioned that because that was one thing, I guess a little bit by coincidence, we have gravitated towards things that everyone in the family could do together. And skiing was the most obvious option for the winter because otherwise, like you said, hockey, you're sitting on the sidelines or even figure skate. You know, it seemed like so many other sports that happen or activities, family activities that happen. It's like one person's participating and everybody else is watching. And skiing truly is a family experience where you can connect and do things together, but you also can have that independence. That's a great observation. I love that it is a sport, a lifetime sport, which is fantastic. You see women in their 80s, 90s still skiing. It doesn't matter if there's a speed differential. Everybody's going to meet back up at the end of the day or at the end of the run in the same place anyhow. So there's a lot to be said for the family bonding that happens in skiing. And then the chairlift ride, you've got your teenagers next to you, whether they want to or not, for at least a few minutes on those lifts. I know. It's like riding in a car. They can't go anywhere, right? So I know you also are the CEO and founder of Mom Trends. Can you talk a little bit about how did this lifestyle kind of happen for you? How did Mom Trends come about and where has that led to with your own lifestyle and some of the work that you're doing with Ski Moms Fun? Sure. So Mom Trends started in 2007. I was recovering from a career in fashion and I had just had my first daughter I wanted to do something that made use of my communication skills. I'd always loved to write. And back in 2007, blogs were the Wild West. There was no barrier to entry. You could do whatever you wanted. You didn't have to be an influencer. You didn't have to know how to take photos. So it started as bookmarking things that I thought were interesting, articles that I thought were interesting. And I was writing for some other blogs and really learning from the experience and then finding my voice simultaneously. So Mom Trends really became a spot for working moms. It was pretty bi-coastal. So we had a lot of San Francisco moms, a lot of New York City moms, and then sort of Boston and DC as well. And it was a lot about life balance. There was a good amount of travel. It was never about parenting which was fantastic because my kids never appeared on the site and I never had a point of view about the right or wrong way to parent, which was fabulous. I can't say I was super intentional about it, but it was more of the things I knew I didn't want to do, making money off of my children being one of them. And it grew very slowly and then all at once. And we have a great audience now of women who've been with me since the beginning. And now we're going through college searches and menopause and <laughs> all the conversations that you know women my age are having right now. And I'm glad that Mom Trends is still there as a resource. And we still do roundups of the best double strollers. And we do some information for moms who are going through it for the first time or just starting But a lot of the content is growing as I'm growing as well. And it's been a fantastic thing to have. And it really was the launching of the Ski Moms community because I started seeing more and more traffic going to those ski articles, ski destinations that we were writing about. And I just saw this huge gaping hole in the marketplace for travel-related articles, specifically talking to women who ski. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I do think it's a very lonely place. There's a lot of things in the outdoor industry that are geared towards men. And it's actually one of the things that led to me launching this podcast too, was because I felt like as a mom, you had to choose, okay, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be a career woman. But I didn't want to lose that sense of adventure, you know? So I've always kind of had that in my blood is like, how do I support other moms and other parents who want this, you know, this outdoorsy experience? In particular, though, women aren't well represented unless you're like a super intense athlete. So I, too, have appreciated the accessibility of the content. And in Ski Moms, let's talk a little bit about Ski Moms Fun, because that, too, has been a really fun way for you to focus on moms in particular. While you have mom trends, I've seen the Ski Moms Fun group as like, nope, this is for moms. I know there's dads out there that ski, but this one's for moms. And is that just because you wanted the female voice to be present in the space? Is that kind of what led you to that work? A hundred percent. And the industry is still very male dominated. A lot of the decision makers are still male and not fully understanding of how many decisions get made about where the family travels and how the family travels are really coming from the female head of household and let alone the single moms who are trying to navigate the outdoor world as well. So Mom Trends was started when I didn't see myself reflected in the marketplace and Ski Moms Fun was started in the same thing. I did not see myself reflected in the ski industry. And if I didn't feel reflected and I'm somebody who has a good income and I've got time and energy to research travel, then I knew it was going to be nearly impossible for a never ever mom to tackle planning the first trip teaching her kids to ski, et cetera. And I love, love, love the community. I think that it is exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And it's so supportive. We keep it super upbeat. We tackle everything from those bucket lifts travel the first time you want to go ski in Europe to making it happen on a shoestring when you've got a really tight budget. And I don't see a lot of judgment coming from the group, which is fantastic. And I see a lot of encouragement and also a lot of women looking for other women to play with, Yeah, you know, who want to find a partner who's going to go skiing. And we see that so often that, oh, I'm from Pennsylvania. None of the moms in my group ski. I'm really looking for a buddy to plan a trip with. And we're really hoping to make those connections. And I think as we're on this podcast, we just hit 5,000 members in the community this week. That's awesome. That's super awesome. And I want to give my own little personal testimony because I've been a ski mom for quite a while from the Midwest. So it's been fun to even connect with other moms from the Midwest who like don't have the epic Rockies in their backyard that are just kind of like making it work. But recently we went out to Colorado for a trip and we bought the Colorado Pass and I didn't know half of these mountains, right? I had skied a couple. My brother worked in Vail for a while. So I was like, oh, I know Vail and Beaver Creek, but that's not really where I think we're going to go. It's our first trip with the kids out West. And so I just wanted like, what are like good local, you know, lower key, easy going. And it gave me the opportunity to really interact with people from the area with locals who had kids who had skied the hills. And that really guided how we planned the rest of our trip then because that local expertise and moms who had been there before really was foundational to designing the experience that we were looking for. So I just really found the entire group to be very welcoming very non-judgmental, And, you know, you're not there facilitating everything. You're like the cruise director, you say. So I think it's fun that that has just kind of happened, that that community has developed. I'm so proud of the group's ability to manage themselves, though not surprised because everybody's got a common bond of love of the outdoors and love of their families. 
I mean, we never talk about politics. Thankfully, we've you know steered clear of heavy vaccine conversations. It's really just been like, let's spend more time outside. It's good for our mental health. And how do we do it? Yeah, that's great. If someone wanted to join the group or get involved or participate, how would they go about participating in the work or following the work of Ski Moms Fun or Mom Trends? So the easiest place to start is we did get a website, skimomsfun.com, and that's got a link to the Facebook group on it. It's also got a link to the most recent podcasts. It's got a link to articles and resources specifically geared towards Ski Moms. And we're also starting a rental share program where you can list your ski rentals, knowing that a mom-to-mom system of ski rentals is probably going to be a much less stressful endeavor of finding the perfect spot for your vacation. And also knowing that these homes are going to be family friendly if they're listed by a fellow ski mom. So that's a great place to start. Mom Trend still has the bulk of our archive of ski travel articles. And it's so funny, whenever I go to Google Analytics at the end of the month, it's still full. Our top traffic is often coming from those travel tips and trends. And we just did a piece on the 12 ways to reuse, recycle, and resell ski gear. And it just lit up the Google Analytics because ski stuff is clunky and it's expensive. So those resources, those evergreen resources, still you can definitely find those on mom trends. Yeah. And I know skiing can be expensive. So I just want to put in a plug. I love the fact that you're building out that resource because we were lucky enough to find people ahead of us on this journey that we just kind of buy all their old stuff. And we have three kids. So then we just do gender neutral and everybody just passes the next thing down. Poor third child is always getting. no. (laughs) And we have a family behind us, too, who's like, okay, your kid is six. Mine's four. Guess what we're getting from you, you know, and you just build that community. So it's it makes it more tangible for us. You know, we didn't necessarily have the means early on to think we could be skiers all the time, but it has made it much more accessible for us as well from the price point perspective. So I love that you're building that out. And we really do look for little gems like the programs were in Ski Utah where fifth and sixth graders ski free. Almost every state with mountains has something like that. So after I learned about that one, then there were 12 other states that run similar programs. So if you're on a tight budget, that is just a godsend for families with multiple kids because it can get the kids up and running easily. And then we talked to a woman who is the CEO of Share Winter and hearing about the no cost or subsidized ski lessons that are run through Girls and Boys Clubs of America. She has 45 programs across the country. So really connecting women and families with these resources as well, knowing that it is an expensive sport. And if we can help find solutions to make it a little bit smoother, absolutely to share these resources. And that's what moms do. I mean, I've been so lucky to have mom friends like that in my life who have helped me smooth out the rough spots with their knowledge or hand-me-downs or just, you know, lending an ear and some advice because at the end of the day, you know, without your mom squad, you're definitely going to be lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's lonely, right? (laughs) Especially if you didn't grow up with skiers. You know, I think that's the other thing is when you're embracing or embarking on this, it can be a rough go and you'd want that experience to be positive. You want it to be for both the mom and the child, right? So that's really, really awesome. Nicole, this has been a fabulous conversation. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with my audience on the power of skiing or just being a ski mom or raising ski kids? Well, I would say the experience of being curious about winter is also a real gift. So many 
people just grumble and bristle and dread the arrival of winter. And when you find an outdoor sport that you can do in the winter, maybe it's snowshoeing, maybe it's cross-country skiing, maybe it's downhill skiing, but it really just brings a new appreciation to the change of the seasons. And when winter arrives, it's another opportunity to do something with your family outdoors. It's not the end of something, it's the beginning of something. And I really hope families, maybe it's not skiing, but if you can find something to embrace about winter that you can do together, it really makes the changing seasons a joyful experience. That is awesome. I love that message because that's what we're going to end on. And I will also share somehow, some way, my kids' favorite season now is winter. They can't wait for winter. And that's just such a Wisconsin thing to say, I think, but it's awesome. Nicole, it's been great. Thank you so much for being on the show. And for those of you I have in the show notes here, I'll get some links as Nicole mentioned, but go check out Ski Moms Fun. You are a podcast listener, so go head over to Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Subscribe, check it out. It is worth your time. Thank you so much, Heidi. That was great. No, thank you, Nicole. That was so insightful. And I really appreciated so many key takeaways that she shared with us. I have drawn out 10 key takeaways to share with you today. Number one, experiencing the mountains and the vastness of the ski experience in Montana was like seeing the ocean for the first time. She continued to design experiences with her husband and later with her daughters to find joy and embrace skiing as a part of who they are today. Number two, unlike many other sports, skiing requires embracing cold temperatures and your feet sliding beneath you instead of firmly being planted. Number three, a life hack for couples and parents. If you want someone to enjoy something you enjoy, invest in lessons from someone else who is skilled in the sport or activity. Getting exposure to the elements was as important as building skills in those early lessons. Number four, Participating in activities with a peer group helps build skill and connection while also learning confidence and independence. Number five, as Nicole confessed, ski moms love community. And that is just the nature of small hills. Don't decide that because you're not in a really awesome ski area that you can't engage in the sport. Sometimes those are just the most fun. Number six, skiing set the tone for family time. Unlike many sports, when her daughter's competing in ski races, she's also on skis and participating, not watching passively on the sidelines. She's doing her thing, which also takes the pressure off of the skiers that are competing and creates a healthy environment for kids' sports. Number seven, skiing is a lifetime sport with participants from ages 2 to 80 and beyond. It doesn't matter if there's a speed differential. You all meet up at different points along the way anyway. Also, when riding on the ski lift, there's a confined time to connect with those teens. Number eight, momtrends.com was a way to grow and learn about everything from travel to baby strollers at a time in her life when she was curious and looking for ideas. It was never about parenting advice, and she never made money off of her kids. The content continues to grow with her, and ski articles still attract considerable traffic. Ski Moms Fun both grew from the place that Nicole wasn't seeing herself represented in the market and wanting to offer resources to other moms who were interested in skiing and looking for support. 
Number nine, an unexpected bright spot from the Ski Moms Fund was the community and peer connections that have developed to support other moms. What brings everyone together is the love of the outdoors. There's regular examples of moms sharing ways to make skiing easier and more accessible. And number 10, regardless if you ski or not, be curious about winter. Find an outdoor activity or sport that brings in appreciation for the change of seasons. So when the seasons change, it's not the end of something. Rather, embrace the change with a sense of joy and a new beginning. As referenced in this conversation, there's so many different ways to make skiing accessible. And I know some of us opt out out of fear or accessibility or funding. And I just wanted you to think about it and know that there are options out there. And I have a couple of links. Nicole shared with me um, a couple resources. One is 10 states where kids can ski free and 10 things to get ready for ski season. That'll just help you get started. Our family began skiing by volunteering to chaperone ski club trips with the school. And it grew from there. You know, we got a free lift ticket and it just grew. And our passion for the sport continued each Thursday night on these little trips. And eventually my husband became the coordinator. And so it's led to other things. But I never regretted being a skier. If this is something, whether it's skiing or not, maybe you're just really looking at that last key takeaway and trying to get curious about winter and find a thing that you can do each day to potentially get outside, to embrace the cold, to try something that doesn't feel comfortable all the time, to get outside your comfort zone. Consider joining the Everyday Adventure Challenge. It's kind of a fun group. And if that's not your place and you just want to follow along and know what everyone else is up to, jump on my email list. You can head to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe and see what's happening over there. There's a lot of things happening. There's a butch launching. There's a community developing. There are all kinds of things that are coming along the way. So I hope you will join us. Until next week, keep on adventuring and I look forward to talking to you soon. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.